You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul Pierce is the mother truth. Knocks it down! Celtics win! 50 points for Jason Tatum! Brad, any final words of advice for the new coach? Win! It is possible! It is possible! Welcome to Celtic Strong, a podcast that journeys backwards through Boston Celtics history and lore. Join two proud fans who are definitely not experts as we look back era by era. Welcome back to another episode of Celtic Strong, where we have a very special guest to talk about what has happened over the last 20 games through the trade deadline and into the All-Star weekend. The Celtics in 2022 are a very different team. And to talk about this exciting turnaround today, Steve and I have our friend Justin here. Steve, tell us a little more about Justin. An old, old friend, originally from the live free or die state of New Hampshire. <laughs> yes. Coming in with this perspective um, to add to two Massachusetts guys and fans talking about the Celtics. Without further ado, here's our friend and fan, Celtics fan, Justin. Hey. Welcome, Justin. <laughs> happy to be here. Very happy to be here. I love to talk about the Celtics, and I'm normally talking about it with people who hate them. So it's really fun to be talking about it with people who don't necessarily hate them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. This, this is indeed a safe space where you can feel free to talk about the Celtics. Yeah, from the lens of a fan, definitely not an expert. But real quick, Justin, you were saying you kind of became a Celtics fan at an interesting time. Let us know about that. Yeah, well, I, as I was saying, so basically, I, I'm I'm from the post Bird era, I would say, but also the pre Pierce mm. era. So yes. essentially, I, I was born in '84. Uh, Celtics won in '84, and they won in '86, I believe. Um, a little younger, to remember was, those? Yeah, and and I was uh, yeah, I was I was fresh out the womb, um, you 
know, obviously I probably, probably caught, and my dad was definitely watching the game. So it might've been in my peripheral. Uh, but when I, when I really sort of gained consciousness around five or six, that's right. When uh, Bird's back was really getting to him and things mm. were winding down for the, for the dynasty of the eighties or, um, you know, uh, that, that, beautiful era and I look back at it and I um you know I have respect for it but it's just there's no connection there because I just wasn't there watching those games or or yeah. at those games and and then and then so when I turn you know when I'm starting to approach you know uh I think my family finally got cable like uh when I was 11 or 12 and uh, I started watching the games like late 90s and um at that time we're just in a very, very awkward, like, uh, <laughs> developmental stage where, where we've assembled this group of just scrappers, man. Like, nobody of extremely elite talent. Even before Antoine was killing it for us, I was starting to watch games. So I'm thinking, like, Dana Barrows, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris Heron was there for, for a little while. I don't know if Kenny Anderson had a stint. Kenny Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, you know, Rick Fox, like I said earlier. Right. And, um, D Brown. Guys, yeah. D Brown. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was like a really awkward, but time, but also it was the most exciting thing for, for me to watch on TV. Cause I love playing basketball, like with my friends outside and, I would love to come home, you know, almost not nightly, but like whatever, however, three times a week and just, yeah. And uh, listen to Mike Gorman and uh, Tommy Heinsohn. It's just an incredible announcer. And we watched Rest it. in peace. Well, RIP. Very recently, uh, we lost a legend. Um, but yeah, uh, I would come home and just watch it and, and be absolutely enthralled by it, um, despite how terrible we were. Um, <laughs> it was the most exciting show on, uh, on, on, my, uh, on the sports channel. It was called at that time and it then went on to become like whatever else like the fox sports New england and now it's like nbc sports whatever the local broadcast they drew me in because and, and and it was also like where i was from also played a, a big part of it um because i was from i'm from new hampshire new hampshire also has an identity crisis um because it's like we don't have a major city we have manchester manch vegas but it's not <laughs> like we have like you know we, we just attach to boston with everything like all the sports and then that's just like the biggest city around and uh it's all we had like we didn't have much else going on up there you know foliage pumpkins and, and, <laughs> and boston sports so. nice i love the local insight into yeah. growing up in new hampshire and what that what that was like and how that attached you to the celtics and i am right there with you in this period of time was really what i remember watching the celtics and following them and it's interesting that this, all of this was a prelude to Antoine Walker. And it really, like, it makes a lot of sense that people from our generation have such an affinity for him. Yeah. Because even though he wasn't perfect and it didn't yield a tremendous amount of success, <laughs> exactly, that energy and the st to finally have a, a star that was good and would, yeah. would, like, shake around and get you all excited and bring a vibe yeah. was And be was proud missing. to be a Celtic. He was proud. Yeah. He was, you know, he was like, he was really... Uh, and he had a unique skill set. It was like uh, yeah. some, some low post stuff, and a decent jumper, a lot of swagger, a lot of fun to watch. And then, yeah, a bit ahead of his time, right? It was like a real stretch yeah. four. Exactly. Um, and it, of course, you know, hardcore fans always wanted him to post, always wanted him right. to shoot less threes. And, uh, but Antoine didn't take, you know, any sort of uh marching orders from anyone he just was his own character in boston and uh we were reminded recently that uh he won 
a chip. He won a ring with uh, Dwayne Wade and Shaq in wow. Miami in wow. uh, 05 or whenever that was. That's uh, pretty funny. And then, of course, yeah. uh, infamously gambled away all his money. And uh, just what a character, Antoine Walker. But yeah, it's, it was amazing to emerge from those dark years and uh, have someone like Antoine. I remember watching him in the All-Star game, you know, must have been like, 98 99 probably and he was our only all-star of course and uh <laughs> but then you know when we drafted pierce and we've talked about this before so we won't we won't talk about it for too long because that's not what we're here to talk about today but um do you remember you know when they first drafted pierce do you remember pierce's rookie year at all so so i think there were also a few a few years where i was like ah. Uh, I might have like like after after all those initial years where I really fell in love. There were a few years where I stepped away, started getting interested in like girls, and like, uh, yeah. school, <laughs> school a little bit too much, uh, playing sports instead of watching them. But I, yeah, I was always watching. What I really remember coming back to like getting really invested was when we were playing like the Nets. Right when I was in high school, and we were playing exactly. like the Nets in the playoffs. Yeah, and Pierce was Pierce was really. I think wait, Pierce was yeah, and and yeah. it was um Pierce was Antoine. Was, and Eric Williams and like we have like really fifty five, yeah, Williams. Yeah, like, what a Celtic so strong. Player. There might have been like a gap there, and I think Pierce's yeah. like rookie year was around then. But like there was like a slight gap where I was just like, I well, they were terrible. Stuff. You know, it got pretty bad. <laughs> it got pretty, bad. but like, but but to be clear, I was they were very terrible when I came in on it too. But sure, yeah, sure. I, I don't necessarily. Remember. I know he came out of Kansas, and I knew there was a lot of excitement around him. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, but no, I, I remember, I think he was a, a bit polished when I started really, like, I think he was already sort of killing it when I started really getting back into it. But yeah. I'll admit it. I'll admit to, to there being a gap. But then, yeah, it all led up to 2008, which was just like the apex of, and the climax of probably my life. <laughs> like, not just my sports uh, fandom. Like, everyone yeah. talks about 2004 with the Red Sox. That was incredible, you know. Patriots run has been amazing, but 2008 beating the Lakers, I don't know, it's just like, not, nothing is that has topped that since. Nothing yes. has come close. It was absolute elation, uh, umami, utopia, every word you could think of. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we're just um, in the midst of recapping that in our current episodes, um, doing a th- big three-part episode all around that championship. And perhaps yeah, if we era. do a second season and continue to go backwards, you know, we'd love to have you back on to talk about all these different eras that we brought up. Yeah. But to get on track here, we want to get to the moment. We want to get in oh, season. Yeah. Currently, we're recording this. It's All-Star Weekend. Yeah. With the dunk contest last night. Oh. And... <laughs> Could have, could have, could have got. I would love to get that ninety minutes of my life back. I tell you that. <laughs> what a disgrace! Come on, guys. It's so easy for me to say. I'm fucking sorry. Oh, is there cursing? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Oh, so so yeah. So I'm just sitting there on my couch, like belly out, like eating pistachios. I'm like, this guy can't finish this dunk. What's wrong with him? Like, <laughs> this guy's jumping out of the gym, like. It's it, yeah, it was terrible, but uh, you know, much respect to them. They, their skill set far exceeds mine, so uh, it yeah. was what it was. Oh man, they don't make yeah. them like they used to. So here we are. It's All Star <laughs> Sunday as we're recording this podcast, and 
as we look at the Boston Celtics, the 2022 Boston Celtics. Let's just start there. The 2022 Boston Celtics, very different team than uh, past two seasons, really, running up to it. And it is, you know, to be noted, and we'll dive fully into the trade deadline. And I actually listened back to our last episode about 2021-22, and some of the things Steve and I said needed to happen happened. So we're going to talk nice. about all that. But right now, the Celtics are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. And of course, and literally every single Celtics fan who's a passionate fan knew they would lose to Detroit the game before yeah. the All-Star. Everyone knew. Trap game, they're going to lose. And they lose by one in typical Celtics fashion. And so here we are left with a very, very good turnaround. Almost the number one defense in the NBA for the whole season, and definitely since the start of the year, the number one defense. A 9-1 record, a 16-5 in their last 21 record, and a complete defensive and team chemistry turnaround. Oh, yeah. So, is there anything I'm missing? Yeah, no, I think think you nailed it. And... I think the Pistons were on a losing streak too that almost equaled the Celtics win streak. So you definitely were right on with that was bound to happen. The one thing that I took away from that, that quick loss at the end of the win streak was Jalen's performance. And as it spoke to him on this run and what we've seen from him, you know, essentially over the past month, really, or two to three weeks, Um, I was just curious what you guys thought. I feel like he's been on another level. And I just wanted to yeah. ask you guys about that real quick, if we could start with him. Absolutely. No, Jalen is a special, special talent. Um, the day after he was drafted, I bumped into him in the airport, um, going, going from New York to, he was going from New York to Atlanta. And I, I, I saw him at the gate. And I said to him, I was like, welcome, welcome to, t- welcome to, you know, the Celtics. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. And, you know, I just wish you the best luck. And he was super humble and gracious and we shook hands. And I feel like that was the start of what we're seeing like right now. Like, <laughs> I think that, that that exchange is what sort of inspired all this greatness. Absolutely. Good job. Good um, job. No, thank you. No, I mean, do, I do what I can, you know, for, this, for the squad. But what I want to say about Jalen is like, he, he's, I just love, I love, I love the fact that everyone and their mom has been like, break up Jalen and Jason. Get, you know, split up these guys. They're the same player. And these guys, what they have, what that's given them is like a reason to prove everyone wrong. And, and all you hear from them, the quotes are, they love playing with each other and make yeah. each other better. You know, it's, they take the pressure off each other. And, and Jalen is really like, you know, he's proving that he can, he can rise up and be that guy. And, and he's already proven, it. you know, he, he was, you know, he, he's, he's been this guy. And, and what we're seeing is just execution. You know, it's yeah. just like knowing what you are, knowing what you can do and executing on it. And, and it's, it's, it's so fun to watch and it's, it's absolutely essential to their success that there are multiple scoring threats, multiple leaders yeah. um, that can offensively carry the team and it like get rid of Jalen and then what, like, what do we get from that? Like, I love, I love having Jalen. I love having Jason. I love having two wings. 
You don't have two wings, you can't fly. All right? <laughs> that's not how that's not how flying works. You need multiple wings. You need two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Derek White, Derek White got the addition to yeah. either side. Like if one side's not if Jason's not doing it, then over Jalen. Like I love that. I love one two punch. Yeah. So yeah. one thing to point out with the uh the loss to Detroit was that they did not have two of their starting five players. So um, everyone deals with injuries, but it is worth noting that what did coalesce over this run is not only health, but uh, the trade deadline, right? Uh, trimming the fat on the rotation, as it were, and clarifying, you know, who are those top seven, eight, nine guys. Mm -hmm. And now we just need everyone to stay healthy because as we know, Rob Williams... One of our favorites on the pod, the Time Lord. Oh, uh, uh, his so one sad. one issue, and I, you know, have heard now many many experts say there's only one question with him, and that's availability, right? Yeah. So we know that having watched him the last three plus years, and with him, I think he's showing that he can mature and hopefully stay healthier. He's been much healthier this season, and then smart. I don't know if you guys saw when he rolled his ankle. Uh, two games ago uh, against Pretty Philly, but uh, that was obviously like, a, oh, he's down till after the All-Star break. But I expect both of them to be healthy post-break, and I don't think the reports are otherwise unless I'm missing something. But uh, if we do have our top guys, um, I think it's fair to say the ceiling is really high. Um, but what is the floor? Let's talk about that for a minute. What's the reality check of like, yeah, but they also, they won nine straight, but they also had kind of sucked before that, right? So, yeah. or at least before the last 20 games, they were under, underperforming. Yeah, I think it's been two things, man. I think, first and foremost, you brought up health. And I think that, you yeah. know, that this recent stretch, we've been relatively healthy, the most healthy we've been all year. And, um, uh, and I think that, you know, smart coming back did help a lot. You know, Rob Williams being healthy, like losing them just now that that was, I was a little scary. I was like, we're really going to need them because I think health, I mean, it goes without saying, we just didn't know who we were because we weren't all healthy at the same time. And then on the stretch, we were. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I think Ime uh, Udoka, um, forgive my probably awful pronunciation, um, he, um, he's figuring out how to, how to handle this group. And I think yeah. that, was, that was huge. They were getting to know each other. They were figuring things out. And I think that the sky's the limit. Um, the floor is just going to be if we – there's two main things that bother me the most about the offense. It's just uh, the ISOs and, 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 and launching too many threes. So, like, I, I, there's a time and a place for an ISO. I understand that. Um, I think this team performs best when they move the ball. Yeah. And also I think that uh, just not settling for threes, man. Like, an open three, of course, but, like, contested threes or, or just like one pass in the three or, you know, I love when they attack the rim, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially Jason uh, yeah. and Jalen is just going, going straight for it, drawing fouls um, or, or, you know, things open up when they attack the rim, Rob Williams, mm -hmm. Lob, Lob King, you know, so, I mean, and look at, have you, sorry, just really quickly back to how you said you love Rob Williams. It made me think, do you have like a fact checker or a stat guy on this? Pod, because I'm about to say something that's 
probably wildly inaccurate, <laughs> but I saw a stat somewhere that he has like the best field goal percentage like ever. In the no. The NBA. It's something crazy. It's like, he's shooting like 70%. Like all he does is yeah. dunk the ball. That's it. Like he just yeah. dunks or misses layups. Like that's all he knows how to do. And like, that's yeah. fine with me because like they have a lot of shooting around him. He's just wildly athletic. He, he can just catch lobs. He can just attack the rim. Rob Williams, man, he's 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 like from another era. He's just so he's crazy. He can. I've seen this multiple times. He can block shots on his second jump. So he yeah. goes up to contest, right? And then you know, there's like a double clutch or a move, right? He comes down, goes back up, and swats the actual shot. Um, so he is just a freak. And we, uh, we don't have a stat checker. Sometimes we use the internet, but since we are not experts, we just kind of, you know, say stuff that we've heard and then we allow the fans <laughs> and listeners to fact check us. So yeah, we please, encourage please look that up. Somebody, yeah. I saw something wild about yeah. it. It might've been some other type of percentage, like field goal percentage. It might've been like true fool. I don't even know. Anything. No, there is. Yeah. There's something. I saw something as well about, um, him having like one, like in some stat, the best offensive season ever. Yeah, basically, it's, like it's, yeah, because he he shoots such a high percentage. Because um, it's yeah, it's all lobs and dunks, and he you know so a lot has been talked about you know what Ime has done over the last 15, 20 games that you know has precipitated the the turnaround from a coaching standpoint. And I did hear some experts talking recently pointing out that he switched basically how Rob Williams is used defensively. And, you know, while we're not experts, so I won't try to use someone else's research, uh, it does make sense that basically, um, you know, they freed him to be on like the biggest wing uh, or to be on the like three and D wing so that he can play off the ball defensively. And then you have Horford or now Tice, which yeah. is freaking great because he's Tice yeah. is just the white German younger Horford. Uh, so amazing. And their skill dust set Tice. is so dust Tice. <laughs> 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 their skill set is so, you know, perfectly switchable. So you put them on the bigger body, right? And then you have Rob on the three, four um, to free him up and play off the ball more. And um, I, I'm not definitely not an expert and I don't know exactly what that means, but it makes sense. And his freakish, freakish ability to, uh, to close spaces and get up and jump twice and still block a shot. Uh, I have heard that people are getting a little, uh, afraid of the Celtics defense, even like people are afraid to take it to the rim. If you've you're staring at like Horford's body and then Rob Williams is lurking yeah. in your like peripheral. Yeah. That does yeah. sound kind of scary. I'm, I am certainly not an expert either, but I did see that. And I was, what I was hoping was this would equal, especially getting Tice back and having Horford would equal a little help for Rob Williams to stay healthy yeah. For, yeah. down the stretch. Just to, so it's not all on him and he's got to be everywhere doing everything. Yeah, there were two wins in this most recent streak that really gave me hope for the defense specifically, and those were the the, uh, the Denver, uh, the win against Jokic, yeah, um, and and the win against the Sixers and Embiid. Because um, my concern over the last few years is how we deal with big bodies, and yep. uh, I think whatever this new strategy is, 
that you're referring to. I think, I think it's, and we had to figure out a way to deal because because Horford and and Rob, they're not like the biggest guys. They're mm-hmm. not like for compared to Embiid and Yoke, like they're not seven footers. I mean, Al's close probably, but like he's a little slower and a little older, you know. So it's like, yeah, if we could figure out how to like team defend against big men, I think that's going to be one of the huge keys to success. Um, and it sounds like yeah, like what, what you're talking about is like. Something had to happen. And I also attribute one more thing to, to like just defensive success and success in general. And it's something else you referred to earlier, which is tightening up the rotation. I think for mm-hmm. the first half of the season, there was a, there was a, there was a identity crisis in, in who, we were, who we're using and at what times and with who. Um, I'm still not a huge believer in like the two big man starting lineup per se. Like, right. And, and, and like, even I just, I just like personally, I just like being quicker and like uh uh having more uh offensive threats sort of like they can create for themselves out there but i'm sure there's a rhyme and a reason for it um uh but yeah anyway i just like the tighter rotation that that they've been implementing like eight eight guys you know and uh um yeah and it's interesting how the trade deadline um you know that it started to tighten pre-trade deadline right yeah and Mm -hmm. you could kind of see whether or not it was like Brad talking to Ime, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we have no idea what's really going on, but things started to tighten. Yeah. Yeah. We and, were talking about that. Like, when, yeah. Are, is there going to be communication between Brad and him? Are they going like, to figure this out? Because yeah, there were a couple guys where um, the, you know, the social media, the Celtics Twitter was starting to light into Ime and was saying that Brad's going to have to pull a Danny which was Danny would like trade away the guys that Brad couldn't quit on like Tice last year. Um, And so Danny, you know, that wisdom was going to have to trickle down to Brad and he was going to have to trade away Schroeder because he couldn't stop playing Schroeder. Well, guess what happens? (laughs) Uh, So yeah, getting rid of Schroeder Richardson and Romeo, right. Um, Was huge. And uh, Richardson had played well and Romeo had shown flashes. And I think we would definitely all agree that this is for the better. And I it agree. really we helps need- that like trim it down. Yes. Yeah. Especially for the young guys that you see kind of had the most potential more than Langford, right? Like Grant Williams and Neesmith and just giving them yeah. more opportunity, clearing the decks for them. Yeah. Pritchard, yeah, who's yeah. been who's been good over the stretch. I wanted to ask you about the win something you said as it relates to the stretch that they went on in the win streak, you were talking about three point shots, Justin. Yeah. And I was curious because when I was looking at, again, we kind of like, it's hard to say like that Jalen Brown's underrated at this point, but I almost feel like with that, even with the most recent loss to end the streak, it's like, and oh, another 30 point game for Jalen Brown. It's just not something that's recognized. And he's been sort of teasing this prolific offensive potential for a long time. And I was just wondering, is this a case of him being hot over a stretch? There were just some, a couple of these nights on this win streak where he was hitting whatever he wanted from deep in front of people's face, like just right in a contention, just fill it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, (laughs) is this a blip 
or is this who he either is or could be going for? So I think that just, okay, with Jalen specifically, like he's, I do think that he does tend to be a little like on or off. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, as you know, you know, you can live or die with your three. And I would prefer to just live in a, with a more stable existence. Um, like the threes are important. They're essential, especially in today's NBA. I get it. Like, and there will be open threes. But if I'm the coach, I'm, I'm promoting ball movement over contested threes, regardless of whether they're going in or not, just because I want to have a more uh, reliable game plan. Like I don't want to, I don't want to live or die with the three. Um, yeah. So, so, so I love, I love when Jalen gets hot, and I think there'll be times where you gotta let, just let him do what he does. But I think that you always gotta fall back to a foundation of moving the ball and attacking the rim. And that's that's with a very novice understanding. I did coach middle school basketball uh, in the two thousand, but I don't really know like the X's and O's like that. Um, but I just, I just know that as a, as a Casual observer, you know, I just, I just love what, and I think Derek White from the Spurs system, he brings that ball movement mentality. I love that. And I yeah. think when, when Jalen and Jason get into, you know, a mentality of sharing the ball, moving the ball, waiting for the open shot, attacking the rim, like it, we, we're just going to have a more reliable path to success. But um, yeah, you know, but there will be times where he just gets hot and we have to, we have to let him do it. Thanks. Like I said, cool. so yeah, I just I just want some clarity on the, on yeah. the three point stuff. But let's get to the trade deadline and let's get to to Derek White and the impact that he that he is having and potentially could have on the on the Celtics. Definitely, yeah. Um, you want me to? I mean, yeah, like Derek White, man. Like I had been saying this. I wish we had talked before so I could prove it. But I've been <laughs> saying all season. Actually, last year we don't have like a playmaker like somebody who can like uh distribute the ball and create shots for others like it, it doesn't need to be like a chris paul you know but somebody like a kyle lowry like somebody like a lonzo ball who's like a proficient passer who mm-hmm. can like um create for others who's not undersized because we had a tendency to bring along like undersized <laughs> guys to try to fill that role in kemba and i love it and stuff but his health kind of fell apart but like and they're scoring the guards anyway right it's like yeah, yeah yeah true 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 and like Derek white can not score, a fit. and he's been hitting little corner threes for us which is just like wide open for him you know when when jalen and jason attack the rim and then and then he'll he'll find people um he's finding rob williams with the lobs i, I i'm i'm hesitant to say it like I don't want to jinx us. I'm a very superstitious person, but I feel like he might be like the missing piece that we were really looking for. Um, his numbers aren't going to be crazy. He's not going to get the, you know, the volume of shots that put up crazy numbers on, on points. And it, what I want to just see him do is continue to distribute, continue to D up. He's a great defender. Him and Marcus in the backcourt, incredible defensive um, duo. Um, yeah. I just want to see him be the true point and just, really like you know share the rocket and get shit into motion to get shit like uh really fluid and and um and he's doing it so far and i just love that he comes from the spurs system uh popovich that's the goat in my eyes um i love that you know he, he played under ime adoka before yeah um, you know i i'm very excited about about Derek. yeah and 
getting him and Tice, right? And not only moving out those guys we mentioned, but literally clearing the whole bottom of the roster, uh, both money and players and yeah. um, bodies that Ime can no longer ever think about playing yeah. uh, <laughs> are, are now in Houston yeah. and elsewhere. And yeah, so it made space for, um, you know, those guys we mentioned, Neesmith, Grant Will, um, Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. Uh, who, interestingly enough, I think every like stat head and advanced metric guy and gal and person would have told you those are the guys to keep this year, right? Like, yeah. Grant Williams is, I don't know where he stands today, but he's been one of the top three three point shoot, you know, percentage wise three point shooters in the league this year, period. Like, not, yeah, yeah just in the league. And he's Grant. I think people, you know, have mixed opinions on Grant, but if you watched him, like his rookie not, year, he yeah. was starting games in the playoffs. Like he yeah. has always stepped up and done everything asked. He's uh, been pushed into a bigger role than probably was, you know, ready for, but he's never, ever backed down. He's, he's such a real like Celtics, you know, lunch pail, blue collar kind of hardworking guy. And the unfortunate thing is that, you know, with, what we were just saying, Al Horford, Rob Williams, like we, we literally don't have anyone, you know, I guess we signed Luke Cornett. So we do have a right. seven footer, but we don't have anyone who plays who's over six, nine Al Horford's yeah. listed at six, nine. So think about that. I mean, we just, if we had a seven footer in the rotation behind right. any of these guys, it may, it'd make them look all the better, but grant this season, I think has really proved his worth. And everyone loves the promise of Pritchard and Neesmith and what they could bring in those roles. And so that I think is a great way to come back to, you know, white and just the trade deadline overall. And Steve and I have been seeing a lot of those things you touched on, Justin, like they need a, you know, they need ball movement. They need a pass first offense initiator. They need someone who can defend, you know, they need a two way competent point guard and we won't dwell on Marcus because yeah. uh you know I'm also somewhat superstitious and I want to just <laughs> think that he's gonna come back healthy and settle into the exact role we need him this season. Yeah. Um and the closing lineup which hopefully we'll see more of of smart white the two J's and Rob just yeah. absurd. Oh yeah that's yeah. the one that's the one Switch Thank one you. through five. Offensive, like as long as the ball's flowing, you have too many offensive options. Yeah. Um, defensively, just scary. Scary. Right. Yeah. Really, true. Scary. Yeah. Not uh, that, yeah, not that my grades count, but I definitely think it's an A trade. And I think it has a lot to do with his age too, right? Because he's like right in his prime. He's not an old player. He's not too young. He's like. Yeah, 27, he's, I think. The perfect time to get Little him. prime. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's got something to prove. I mean, he's been dispersed, have been kind of quiet for years now. And like, he hasn't been able to really like shine in that market um, per se, just because like, they're such like a, you know, unselfish system. And like, I'm not saying he's going to be selfish here, but at least the spotlight will be on him and, and we'll mm-hmm. see if he can rise to the occasion. It seems like he's ready to do that and he, he's yeah. enjoying it so far. And like, he seems like a real competitor. I'm really excited to yeah. see, see how things can go with him. Um, 
And uh, just, you know, to your point about uh, Grant, man, like um, I, I'm a big Grant guy as well. I watched him towards the end of his career, Tennessee, playing in some yeah. really big games. And I was like, I was always impressed by him. And then, you know, his first couple of years, he's figuring things out. But I mean, one thing I'll say about him as a rookie, he just already looked like a grown ass man. Like, big, <laughs> yeah. Big body, yeah. Like, he's been so money oh. from the corner, the corner three. He's like automatic. Yeah, that's what he needs to be. And he's figured that out and he's honed in on that, uh, on that role. And, and then he'll do everything and anything he needs to do on the defensive end. It's a scrapper. Yeah. I really like Grant and I think he's an essential component um, who could close out games if the need should arise as well. Like he's not a sure. big moment, you know? Um, yeah. And then Neesmith, he's got Neesmith and Pritchard. I feel like they're just when they get extended minutes, they, they get into a flow and they can really do something. But when it's these like little like plug and play situations for a few minutes at a time, they just look lost out there. And like, like mm-hmm. um, a little desperate at times, like putting yeah. up bad shots. So I, um, I don't know if the opportunity arises for them to get like the, the volume of minutes they'll need to, to get into a rhythm and a flow. Both of them, they, yeah. they're similar in that sense. Um, Mm-hmm. probably more Neesmith than Pritchard because Pritchard has come in a few times and hit some big shots but like Neesmith he just he just seems like he needs more uh more attention to really yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see because I think as we were just saying we've really uh we've trimmed down the roster and yeah. like literally <laughs> uh we have some spots to fill still so yeah that leaves us with you know when everyone's healthy if you've got an eight-man rotation, uh, you know, I think we all know that Grant is actually, you know, well ahead of mm-hmm. Richard or Neesmith, right? So if White or Smart is the sixth man, right, mm-hmm. because they continue to start Horford and Rob, then you've got, you know, Tice is your seventh man off the bench, and then, you know, Grant is probably your eighth guy. Um, so you don't actually, in an eight-man rotation, Unless you go smaller, which is tough because you're already mm-hmm. small, as we've said, it's hard to see uh, either of those guys cracking the eight man. So, right. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, you know, health is one of the biggest things, especially in these COVID, you know, expanded and shortened seasons and off seasons. So they will need to be ready. And it will be interesting to see if they can pick up anything else significant in the buyout market um, or in the subsequent, you know, roster spot filling uh, I, as we all have said, we're not experts, so we don't know exactly how this works, but Mm. we do know there are roster spots to fill. Uh, I believe three at last check. Yeah. I'm looking right now. Um, Yeah. It's uh, cause, cause it's 15 total spots, right? Yep. And um, we have third, Oh, we might have 13, so we might just need two. Unless yeah. I'm counting this over one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like we have 13 people on the roster right now because they had this guy, they had this guy, Broderick Thomas, um, Hauser, and Cornette. Um, because I right. remember we had 10. Um, but yeah, from I, the, I from heard, the G League, right? They, yeah, they brought them up. So right. And then I've I've heard mumblings, uh rumblings about uh Derek Favors being out. He's like a Right, you know, scrappy big man, uh, sort of like forward, power forward type dude. Um, I think, uh, I think one thing we talked about, no one being over six nine except for Cornette, who's really like a three point shooter. 
Like, yeah, he's like I'm not even sure what he is, but yeah, we saw him briefly last season. Um in the Tice trade, actually. He came back and yeah, he's like very lanky, I think over seven footer, but he's more of a, a shooter, uh stretch uh four, yeah. stretch five. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it might be cool to see somebody for like really bang with like some massive dude giants that we're gonna have to face in the playoffs, you know, the out of files yeah. and the, the beats and uh you know um uh even like even like just just somebody who could i, I don't know who it is i don't know who it is but yeah. maybe somebody maybe somebody a solid seven feet that can like doesn't necessarily even need to shoot too much but could defend in the paint mm-hmm. um you know you know in the in the scenario where like a robber horford isn't able to really like lock someone down um yeah other than that like i i really just want to see what this group can do you know i don't think there's i I, I I don't know, man. Like it's hard to tell. I just need to see some more, um, you know, some more examples of what they're able to do. All healthy, mm-hmm. Derek White, you know, he may figure out the rotation. I want to see. You know, yeah. the stretch has been incredible, but after the break, can we pick it back up? Can we finish strong going into the playoffs? Can we maintain the top six spot so that we mm-hmm. don't do a stupid playing tournament? Yeah, where, that's where gonna be key. Could happen, you know, and um. And uh, yeah, I, I think we can. I'm confident. I feel good about it. I don't want to be overconfident and like and but I, I feel like there is yeah. the potential there to really succeed in the East, which is in wild flux right now. You know, wild, like, yeah, yeah, wide like, open. Like, it's yeah. We're in a good, yeah, we're in a good uh, spot to start. Just being, I think, two games out of first, right? Coming well, back from the spring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're, yeah, we're right there, so yeah, it's all so close between the top six and really top eight. And if you think about who's actually you know seven through ten right now, I mean, forget it, anything could happen over the last yeah. you know 20 plus games. That's but great point. I like our yeah. chances, and I think, um realistic ceiling for this team has to be the finals uh, because on any given night, if we're healthy and Giannis is not, we could be Milwaukee, but otherwise I think we Eastern play well against Milwaukee. we play great against Milwaukee. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think if both teams well are healthy, them. it's a great series and they, they probably win having home court. Um, if we have home court somehow, and it goes to seven, flip a coin. Um, otherwise, I don't like even Miami. I'm I'm not afraid of Miami. Like that Ooh. epic bubble series, you know, we won't rehash that. We've talked that about block, that already. I'm out of bio block with oh, and with what's so finger. funny is like if Tatum's like one year older, because he got all like bulked up after that, you know, or if Tatum just pulls it down and goes for the layup. Then Adebayo fouls him, and we, you know, so we won't. You know, I just we won't. Yeah, the, all, all I'm won't. gonna say the two is like that was the bubble season, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, who wants to be the winner of the bubble season? We can give that to the Lakers. Like, they could have that. It wasn't a real it was an asterisk. All right. <laughs> like, like uh, they could have the bubble. I mean, but yeah, just him finishing that dunk would have been, uh, um, been. But yeah, I think. Realistically, in the East, you know, the ceiling is is really high because of the parity right now. And, um, you know, I think the sort of odds makers and sports talking heads 
Um, they have vested interest in certain teams and they know what's going to get hits and media attention. And I think as Celtics fans, I don't know when we were last scaled, scared of the 76ers, but it hasn't been in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I have no fear of Embiid. I have no fear of the process 76ers because they've really never beat us in any meaningful game or series. Uh, they've actually lost to us when they were supposed to win. And sure, they didn't have uh, Simmons in the bubble. But anyhow, I have no fear of any team really other than, you know, potentially a, a healthy Bucks with Giannis at his peak. I saw Giannis play in the All-Star game a couple of years ago in person. And I have never seen someone that big look like he was just playing around on the, you know, just schoolyard. He looked like a high school kid came to play with like the middle schoolers. It was so big and so agile. Uh, the Bucks uh, are serious. Giannis is the yeah. But I agree that the East is open because besides the Bucks, I just think what's going on in Brooklyn and this thing with Kyrie, like it can't work. They like, you can't do it this way. And I don't see them figuring it out. It's just, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about the nets. I will. No, I will say that I get, I do tend to be probably a little too cautious, uh, cautiously optimistic. Um, I, like I said, I love our chances. I love what we could potentially do, but I, I have to admit, I am terrified. I like MB keeps me up at night. <laughs> I, I know we took care of it the other night, but like, you know, um, the, the thing that doesn't scare me is Harden in the playoffs. He always finds a way to fuck it up. And yeah. also he'll be in a new system. And he's also like pretty injury prone. Out of shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the Sixers, I think is going to be all right. Miami, I think we just don't really know. Um, Lowry, uh, Butler, out of bio. Like they, those guys are, they're, they're voracious, like competitors. Um, they, sure. That's that heat culture. They could surprise people and get back to the finals with it. Um, I, I would say I'm moderately scared of them. And yeah, I, I would agree that I'm probably most scared of the Bucks because they 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 have a good system. They 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 won last year. They um and they yeah. don't seem to have like really like gotten worse in any way, you know. Um uh, no, they I, quietly I don't got know where Drew Yeah, yeah, oh, they're confident. Exactly. They're confident. I think yeah, I think the one thing we do have going for us is I don't know if I looked at the odds the other day. We're still like way long shots to win the finals. And I just think there is an element of because of how much we struggled to put it together early in the season, there is a real element of being counted out or overlooked here. Yeah. And I think that's the main that. motivating factor. <laughs> yeah, I know because we get that. We get that, yeah. right? Like, and I think that's a palpable energy <laughs> to sort of have. It's a New England thing. It's a New yeah. England thing. We yeah. thrive as the underdog. Yeah, it's, we gotta be. We need a we need an eighty six year <laughs> curse. You know, we need like a a backup quarterback coming in. We need the underdog story. It's yeah. it's how we thrive, man. That's that's the, our identity. We don't we don't like being the the Yankees twenty six mm -hmm. time champions with like all the, you know, we like we like we like having a chip on our shoulder. We like being told those two players can't play with each other. Exactly. You know, we, you know it. So and I, we attract it too. I think we like attract it, right? Because the funny thing is that I mean, we understand why people point to the two J's and are mm -hmm. like, can they play together? But to say to break them up is like, you know, have you not been watching the NBA the last 15 years? What do you think like when 
LeBron and Wade paired up when Kawhi told Paul George to go to LA when, you know, it's like two dominant wings who don't actually ever play the same position. Like Jalen is a clear two, three, whereas Tatum is like a power forward in most lineups. You can play him a little small. He's a four in most lineups, you know, so they aren't and they play similarly. Anyhow, we, you know, we've talked about this so much. We won't get too deep into that. Yeah, it's not even worth entertaining. It's not it's, even like, like we, it's just not. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. would contend that like we, I would contend that we could add Bradley Beal and have three of the same player. That's fine. Like just bring them all on. Like we'll figure it out. Like just give move me, the ball. Give me all your Someone scoring wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. That's yeah. That was, uh, uh, yeah, that was a take. But the point is like, um, yeah, I, I love being an underdog. I love like our path like it would be such a it would be a tough path but i think it exists and yeah. um you know these teams haven't suddenly figured themselves out all over again like the sixers might have been better off like, getting rid of simmons for like like a first like some first round picks right i think that they, they they have like you know and why do they get rid of seth curry man like they need shooting they need yeah. they need shooting you know like it's crazy inc- yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't get it I think uh, bringing on and and then and then the Nets, man. You know, if Katie comes back and he's healthy, he could he could carry the team on his own. Um, regardless I mean, of how often yeah. Kyrie plays, Simmons. We have, but no only so far. Come, yeah. So yeah. yeah, the East is the East. And this and this like conference. the really? unknown of really Kyrie is. playing is yeah. it's just toxic. Like there's yeah, nothing I'm, good about that yeah. situation. Yeah. No. And, not only that, before the vac the vaccine issue with. Kyrie, I would I would suggest that he's a franchise, just a poison for anything. But I'm very biased. I experienced that <laughs> sure. poison. But also, the, uh-huh. some people say the Cavs experienced that poison with Kyrie. The Celtics some people say James Harden just left because of that poison, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's just not a. He's like not a fun dude to like practice with. Probably he's just like I. I think that he he's hurting. T- like as incredible of a talent he is, like yeah, he, he hurts. He's he's been hurting teams yeah. more than he's been helping them for years now. For years, Sorry, we'll, yeah. yeah. No, we've and said it. Say, we've said it yeah. before. So you know, yeah, we've we've space for all Celtic strong <laughs> opinions. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I will say, like in the flurry of all these moves with these different teams and what they did and that massive hearted trade that just gives trade that just gives you a headache. Um, it did make me appreciate what Brad Stevens did more at the trade deadline with what he was able to do with the cards he was dealt going into this year and how it really, yeah. it does give you a, a sense that there's a, some kind of method to his madness up until this yeah. point and, and maybe what we could see from him going forward. It's cool to trust the GM, I think. We trusted Danny, but then to immediately transition into a new situation with a guy who knows the team inside and out, who's super smart, and then puts together a few low-key moves that could really move the needle for this season yeah. and not and and yeah. and help us next year and the year after, you know, ultimately. Yeah. 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 I've been I've been I've been happy so far with like the moves that uh that Brad has made. I, I miss him as a coach. I thought he was a fantastic coach. Um I what I was, what I was like lacking from him, like what I personally wanted to see more of from him, I'm not even seeing in Udoka, which is just like a leadership style that's way more assertive and like 
um, it's it, it, but their lead, both of them have like a more quiet leadership style from what I could see, you know, in on the camera. But um, I just want to see like Popovich is not afraid to like tell people like what they need to do and how to do it. And like, I that was like, <laughs> that's just like my preferred coaching style. But I, I mean, if whatever is going to work, man, like I just, as long as the players respect the coach, um, which it seems like they do with the yeah. token, it seems like they were starting to not do with Brad. Like, they're like, I think that's what disconnect was like they weren't really like respecting him towards the end of his tenure so i don't know we'll see it's, it remains to be seen it's too early to see if it was a good longevity move for retaining the jays right i mean just yeah. sort of with an eye on like all right how do we keep these guys in town together yeah forever like what can we do and, and this seemed like a logical thing and now it seems to really be kind of working yeah. In a way that you can actually tangibly see and look at. It's exciting, man. <laughs> Very exciting. I, I, I do. These last few days during the All-Star break have been torture for me. I'm like, what is like, what is the purpose of life? Like, <laughs> I, have, I have two kids. I have a wife. It's incredible. I love my family and like my job and everything. But I'm like, where is basketball? Like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch like the skills challenge. That dunk contest, like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I can't wait for Thursday. We're playing the Nets. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I can't wait, man. Like, I, I, I live for this shit. I, I, I can't wait to see them execute on this new game plan with these new, this new personnel and like right. the same core. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's an exciting season, you know. It's really wow. exciting. And it's exciting to see them grow too. Like, uh, I don't know if Smart will be back Thursday or not, but if he's not, and we see a closing lineup of Derek White, the two J's, Grant and Rob, yeah, mm. you know, like there's so many, like so many things that, uh, yeah, we have yet to really see from it's this point small. forward. Yeah, and also it's, watch. It's pretty small, what? but it's it's quick and athletic. That's a, yeah, I like yeah. that. Or even just seeing what White is gonna do if he's yeah. if there's a stretch here where it's he's gotta be the starting yeah. guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. like, a, like a, a real option, you know, like yeah. let him let him do his thing, like uh, you know, drop some plays for him. Um and uh yeah, man, uh I I think that if if everyone can put it together and play their potential, sky's the limit. And it's it's it's, it's a fun group. Um and and we'll see with with there was so much uncertainty around the league you know if anyone's if anyone's chip to win um whoever's good but we just got to show one thing i wanted to see last year and the year before is that we wanted more mm-hmm. like, we don't need to be the cool guys on the court I, yeah i'm talking to you tatum i'm talking <laughs> to you. like it's you know like when you like dunked in the bronze face and you got right up in his chest and you were like Ugh! like i want to see that Every night, like I want to see that passion. Yeah, Eli, I know you're talking a little smack about Embiid, but Embiid does that. Embiid wants it. He shows it for sure. And and, and like I want that. And I know Dave's kind of like he's kind of like a chill guy. Yeah, he likes to be finessed. But I want that. I want that. I want. I think that's gonna also like when he tastes the when he can smell the the chip like in his in his future. I think we start to see that like. There's no stopping yeah. that dude, you know. And uh, as much right. as Jalen is incredible, incredible force, it's Jason that needs to to lead by example with grit 
determination, passion, um, aggression, aggression, man. I'm sorry. I want to see it. I want to see it. That's another yeah. missing piece for me. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in flashes throughout mm-hmm. his career and even this season. But mm-hmm. move the ball, attack the rim, and, 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 and show everyone that you want it. Yeah. And everyone else is going to get hyped by that because they haven't, because yeah. he's, because he's often so chill. So if you see that contrast, you see him going for it and showing how much he wants it. Like it's going to inspire those around him. That is an excellent point and an awesome point to sort of close on here. And I have to say, this has been awesome, Justin. We would love to have you back. We'd love to have you back on and maybe towards the end of the season to see where we're at and talk about it some more. Yeah, hopefully, have some, hopefully, hopefully we can talk about like how all this shit's coming to fruition. And, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I would love to come back. Um, you guys are are awesome, and uh, uh, I I really appreciate you uh, asking me to come on. I've really, I've really enjoyed this. I love talking. Shit. I, love <laughs> shit. I don't know if you can tell. I'm a, a, little, a little bit of a, I'm a little oh. enthused by this uh, organization. Yeah, man, awesome. Well, that's why we have here. to get 18 before the Lakers. We have, to. Ooh, we have we to. have to. That's we have to. That's my favorite to. number too. That's like like eighteen, man. We gotta get eighteen. No, we have to. Let's well, be we, clear. We just literally in last the last episode, we're touching on the one that should have been their seventeenth. Should have been our eighteenth, and we won't. We won't go back to that game seven, which we looked back on. We lose by four with no starting center without Perkins. We lose by four to the Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum Lakers with old man Sheed as our only center out there. Sheed and big baby. That's literally who we trotted out against Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum and almost won. Okay. Can I, can uh, I just maybe, maybe help you sleep a little nicer at night? Yeah. Uh, Bill Simmons uh, brought to my attention the fact that uh, the first six of the championships were in Minneapolis. Yes. Ooh, good point. I love to bring that up. I'll let the listeners decide. I mean, can, yeah. I live in LA. There are no lakes here. There are no lakes here. Yeah, no. thank you, sports guy. <laughs> there are definitely no lakes in Los Angeles. No, there's no jazz in Utah either. <laughs> oh no, I can I can test the both of these facts. <laughs> <So. laughs> both places. They're, nope, nope. You know what there yeah. are in, in Boston? There's Celtics. Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, awesome. Yeah, well, awesome. Big thanks to Justin. Big, big thanks to CelticStrong.com yes, for hosting us. And Thank we will be back me. again next time we can get some time and Justin's busy schedule to, to talk again. And uh, hopefully that'll be uh, a very exciting, excited talk, maybe heading into the playoffs. You don't yeah. want to see me around playoff time. <laughs> you don't want to see me. Uh, keep, rep- couple- keep, keep representing out there in LA for us. <laughs> Will do. No, I'll, I'll try to show up to crypto.com arena a few more times too. And uh, if we do talk a few weeks into the playoffs, the beard will be quite a bit girthier. Ooh, uh, yeah. do the playoff beard thing. Uh, yes. Don't wash, I don't wash my drawers. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been awesome. I appreciate you guys, man. This, this has been really cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you.